baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Good morning, everyone. 11.05 a.m. here in the great Northeast this beautiful Tuesday, February 20th, 2024. This is the Bob Cadaro Show. I am he. And I will remind you that it is a big day, as every day is, to fight for America, defend our values, and honor the brave who have made us and kept us free. People like Robert Novak of Plains Township, Sean Kalman of Kingston, John Muha of Old Forge, and Carl Fries of Scranton, who have made us and kept us free and whom we honor today. So with history, our great founding fathers, and the incomparable Constitution of the United States of America as our guides, let us continue today's battle as we gavel back into order this meeting of the Club for Common Sense. Quick commentary, and then I'm going to ask Jake to tell us a little bit about the Daytona 500, but a, a, a number of you mocking me re in reference to Mother Teresa and, uh, you know, I'm sure Mother Teresa would love what you just said, you lying hypocrite. And what about innocent civilians being wiped out along with the terrorists? Nobody's being wiped out. They're being, see, you guys want to base on a lie another person as though it matters that the Israeli government uh, had a huge failure of intelligence on October 7th. Yeah, they did. And what is your point? That we should accept that these savages will kill innocent civilians unless we're on guard constantly? That makes it okay that they filmed themselves mutilating people, gang-raping women, killing children in front of their parents, killing parents in front of their children, laughing about it? If someone came into your house and killed your family, sent you a film of it, and with them laughing, would you say the Israeli response is appropriate? What the hell are you talking about? Then they use words like Israelis committing genocide against the Palestinians. They're killing them because they are evil and they snuffed out 1,200 lives on October 7th. And they all need to die. Don't give me Mother Teresa. Stop being idiots. Evil must be crushed. Period. Oh, you want, well, you probably want the cops to stop enforcing 
murder. Stop enforcing criminals who are raping people. You think it'll never come to you? What are you, stupid? Seriously. And here's what genocide is for all of you ignoramuses who throw the word around. Like they use, they throw the word fascism around, and the only ones practicing it are the Biden administration. Here's genocide. The systemic and widespread extermination or attempted extermination of a national, racial, religious, or ethnic group. So you're saying when they hide under United Nations facilities and hospitals and use Palestinians as human shields, if some are killed... Let's accept the 29,000, and then we got to accept the 29,000 civilians supposedly killed according to Hamas. And you're going to call that genocide. In a population of two and a half million. By the way, if it was genocide, they'd be killing them on the, the west side, the uh, West Bank as well. So you don't even know what genocide is, but you throw the word around, which makes you a liar and a fool. Mother Teresa was not in the police business. Because there's evil in the world, some people have to be. Wow, the, the breathtaking ignorance. The, the, this, this relativism, here's where moral relativism takes you completely off the track into a state of confusion. Somebody, and, and, and all right, all right, here's the liars. Hamas should be destroyed. Correct. You just said all Palestinians should be killed. That's a lie. So you're a liar. I'll argue with your text because you don't have the guts to call in. What an ass you're making of yourself. That, stay, by the way, stay anonymous because you're too stupid to rear your head and show who you are. Ridiculous. And look at if you're anti-Jewish, that's that's not fine. That's disgraceful. That's disgraceful. But don't confuse what happened over there. Don't ignore the history. I happen to live in a neighborhood, the hill section of Scranton, where there a lot of Jewish people, Americans live. And these complete idiots are running down the street, walking down the street the other day. They didn't come near my house. When I was there, or we would have had a confrontation. They would not walk on my sidewalk. Wouldn't happen. Carrying their Palestinian flags, saying genocide and all this, other, all these other lies. And I rolled down my window. I said, read your history, idiots. Not going to argue with me based on lies. It's not going to be a lie. It's not going to happen. So you're an ass. All of you who use the word genocide in the context of this 
Israeli defense of themselves are asses. You're stupid. And you choose to be stupid. I doubt you actually are. Joe Biden is actually stupid. That's another story. But maybe you are. Who knows? God almighty. Ignorance really bothers me. And and by the way, if it's just because you're too busy doing something else, fine. But you think you can comment on issues when you're completely ignorant. That's a stupid person. Very stupid person. And there's more than a few of you listening. I'm happy you're listening, but you're stupid. Listen. Don't hear what I say. Actually listen. Maybe you won't be stupid anymore. So you got me in a lather. And so now we're going to turn to something good and fun and interesting. <laughs> I feel like it's my job to bring some comic relief. Or a good <laughs> Rebecca Martino, <laughs> Stately Pet Supplies. Was, I, no, I just couldn't let this idiocy pass. Uh, and, 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 and we're going to get into common sense with our pets because you find it at Stately Pet Supply up in Clark Summit. What, what, what are you on to today, Rebecca? Talk to me. Okay. So it, it's a pretty common thing these days with the rise of uh, fresh pet foods in the market, whether they're commercial or you're doing them yourself. So what I'd like to uh, recommend this week is a little tip that if you're cooking for your dog, you know, whether they're small and picky or they've had a history of belly trouble or skin issues, what, what I strongly, strongly recommend is that you, you know, whether you consult with your veterinarian on their favorite or a pet nutritionist that I can point you to, get a multivitamin into their life. It is not a full and complete diet to just do, you know, chicken, ground turkey, some peas and carrots, and call it a day. You have to prioritize vitamins and minerals, just just like in our diets. I can't do coffee and pizza every day and expect that when I'm 80, my bones are going to be worth anything. So the same thing applies to our dogs. You know, we have to get a multivitamin in their diet. There's lots of ways to do that. So one way you can take a look and see if your dog um, may be suffering from what you would then call a deficiency. They haven't gotten enough. You may see hair loss, skin problems, um, dental problems, uh, calcium. Chicken doesn't have any calcium. You know, so homemade diets really need to prioritize the A through Z, all the minerals, your copper, iron, selenium. I say manganese and I can't resist saying like uh, Carl from uh, Caddyshack, you know, manganese you know change bugs a lot of people don't even know what that is well it's like i tell the rebecca it's like i tell the bulldog i'll tell the jokes around here okay (laughs) everybody else take notes (laughs) Uh, well at least the amateur jokester who's paid yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah that's just a bonus so, um, yeah, it, it stop in any time. We are only closed Mondays. Multivitamins are easy. You can give it as a treat or sprinkle it like a powder and fold it right into the food they're doing now. Piece of cake. That's a big deal. That's a big deal to yeah. know that and, and to recognize it because it, it, it's, it avoids all kinds of problems on top of mm-hmm. the, the pet enjoying it. Mm-hmm. Yep. We're looking to... Control that which can be controlled and hope that that with genetics and everything, we all have the best, longest, healthiest lives. Neat. 
Rebecca Martino, mm-hmm. Stately Pet Supply. We love having you on every week. We look forward to next week. And uh, we learn so much. But, again, what I learn is I'm just going to go to Stately Pet Supply. They'll tell me what to do. <laughs> right there. <laughs> Thank you so much, Rebecca. I appreciate Thank it. Thank you, buddy. Thanks. All yeah, right. Bye. We'll take a break. We're going to come back. And Jake is going to give us, well, if he can, a quick summary of the Daytona 500 because it is the anniversary of the first Daytona 500. It's the Bob Cadaro Show. That's uh, Joiny. And uh, this date, they had the number two album, Murph tells us, with Escape. He chose Don't Stop Believing from that album, February 20th, 1982. Bob Cadaro back with you. And, of course, John Glenn orbited the Earth, the first man to do so. First American, I don't correct me. The uh, craft circled the globe three times in a flight lasting four hours, 55 minutes, and 23 seconds before splashing down safely in the Atlantic Ocean, 800 miles southeast of Bermuda. Incredible, the bravery and the guts and the ingenuity of these people. Somebody texts in, hello, Bob. Love Rebecca and her staff. Always very helpful. I drive 45 minutes just to go to her store. I I love it up there. Just love it. Somebody texts in, hi, Bob. For Doc, dozen eggs, (laughs) $3.49. I'm telling you. Well, all right. Before I get back into into the weeds here, which I, you know, that's what I'm here for. Yesterday was a, and I forgot all about it, but it was a crash-plagued Daytona 500. And I I thought, well, I thought the history was today. Uh, But we have the anniversary of the Daytona 500, 1958, the first year, this week. Yeah, 1959 was the first and Daytona 500. Bomb. So now we got uh, we got Jake, who's a uh, avid NASCAR guy. Yeah, Jack, Jake, tell us about the race yesterday. I thought it was a terrific race, Bob. I thought that, I mean, Daytona. Obviously, it's been known as a crash fest for the past several years. I thought that everybody was doing a really, really good job. As you saw the laps wind down, and you saw two wide, three wide, but. All it takes to Daytona is just one bad move, and it ruins it for everybody. And that's what happened with eight laps to go when you had a set of Hendrick Motorsports teammates, William Byron, who ended up winning the Daytona 500. William got an incredible shot from his teammate, Alex Bowman, too hard of a shot. That propelled William into my guy, Brad Keselowski. Then all hell breaks loose. There's Brad. He's done. Joey Logano, a bunch of other cars. And it, it just... It's funny that you mentioned the first Daytona 500 because in 1959, it was Lee Petty, Richard Petty's father, Johnny Beauchamp. It took them three days to decide on a winner of the Daytona 500, Bob. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, obviously, you didn't have quite the cameras, the technology, the electronic scoring that you do nowadays. And it's pretty surreal that last night that an aerial shot from the Goodyear blimp was pretty much the deciding factor between William Byron or Alex Bowman as far as the So Byron got hit, Jake. You're telling me Byron got hit by by his teammate and Mm -hmm. but it he still kept going. Still kept going. Didn't didn't really have a scratch on the car. And I mean Daytona's Daytona. You saw at the very end when it was Ross Chastain and Austin Sendrick, you saw the two of them 
crash as the last lap began. And then that's where all the controversy, I, I wouldn't say began, but sort of continued because it's one of these things where when it's the end of the race and it's a caution flag and you're having to determine who was ahead at the moment the caution flag came out. And it's like my buddy Josh Manley was saying this morning, you're meaning to tell me in 2024 that Fox Sports with all the cameras they have and NASCAR with all the technology that it had that it took an aerial shot to determine who was the Daytona 500 champion. I mean, that's just... It was that close. It's just Yeah, it's just that mind-blowing in itself. So, you know, it's unfortunate for Brad Keselowski. He's 0 for 15 in the Daytona 500 now, almost kind of like it was for Dale Earnhardt. It took him 20 tries before he finally won. But, yeah, William Byron. William was actually my pick for the championship at the beginning of the year. What a start to the season. And, yeah, Daytona, it doesn't disappoint. But you knew as those laps wound down you knew that something big was going to happen, and that's what happened when, I guess, Alex Bowman, I guess his brain sort of detached as he was going down the backstretch there. So, <laughs> yeah. So the Daytona 500 in the books. Yeah. Thank you, Jake. Thank appreciate you. it. Good to have on. Thank you for having me on, Bob. I appreciate All right. it. All right, my man. Let's go to Joe from Hazleton on the Biden and Trump uh, ratings. How are you, Joe? Good. How are you, Bob? Great. So, I, uh, your your colleagues were speaking about it earlier that uh, they had this thing that came out um, that ranked all the presidents and oh, I Trent. saw that. Donald I want to know who these black. historians are. <laughs> Biden, the fourteenth best president, he's by right. any measure the worst. By any measure. Well, uh, well above, above, they would have him ranked above Ronald Reagan. I knew you want to hit Trump and you put him last. Well, how could you put him above? I think he wasn't even above Bill Clinton. Oh gosh, Unre- I'm going to tell you, th- th- these people, and it's it's like these people texting in. They will make fools of themselves for this ideology or this part. I don't even know. I don't even. There is no rationality behind how they'll make asses of themselves uh, with this kind of thing. So you got historians. Who can never be believed again, ever? <laughs> Fourteen of them. Well, here's, here's my point. Take out his. Just let's just take out uh, the his his cognitive abilities. Let's take that out. The man came into the White House. He had the White House. He had the Senate, and he had Congress. He could have did whatever he wanted, and he did absolutely nothing. And how could they say he's the best president ever? What did he do? The Inflation Reduction Act, which is a joke. But even let's say it's a success, he let you're going to put his whole presidency in him above all that Reagan did, eight years <laughs> he was in office, and all these other presidents that he was better than them when he did just one thing over the first say two years of his presidency. The last two years have been even worse. But but let's say you would think that if he was in the White House, had the White House the Congress and the Senate, he could have pushed any legislation he wanted. He could have balanced the budget. He could have did all these things and touted his horn and said, okay, I might be a little senile now, but look what I did my first two years. Yeah. I did this, I did this, I did that, I did this, and I did this, but he did nothing, and they're making him better than, just like I said, even take the... Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Yeah. 
Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseballs and boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseballs and boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did. Donald Trump out of it. All the other presidents. Well, I mean, but but also, uh, Joe, don't you think we've, we've got to factor in that he has lied every time he's spoken in front of the American people? Like the CBO just announced, um, Mr. Paul tells me, this, oh, this ridiculous Inflation Reduction Act, which is wasted on climate change and other left-wing garbage. They've underestimated the spending on it by a half a trillion dollars. $500 billion. I mean, you can't make up how terrible these people are. You can't make it up, and they're saying he's the 14th best ever. <laughs> right. I don't understand that. Oh. Well, it's not for us to understand, Joe, because these people are idiots. <laughs> they even have him ranked above the one president that was that had pneumonia that was in, that his wife ran the White House for a year. Above <laughs> Woodrow Wilson, yeah. <laughs> I got to tell you, well, Joe, uh, listen, these are the same people trying to convince us of climate change and what you have to do while they fly their private jets. And these people are ridiculous and they have to be called out for what they are. I'm just glad you don't drink from the same water fountain your predecessors. <laughs> well, it's not in the water. It's in the mind, Joe. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not talking bad about him, but I don't really hardly listen to him anymore. Well. I'll listen to him until they go off on the, the Trump derangement syndrome, and then I'll I'll put one of your shows on because I only work from 7 to 3, so I miss a lot of – I don't – back and forth, but I miss a lot of Rob's show, so I'll end up listening to him because I think – I, yeah. I, I don't, I'm not trying to have you talk bad about your colleagues. Joe, this I, is I mean, why we call it the this is why we call it the uh, sanctuary of sanity, because it, we're surrounded by insanity. Well, here's my point on them. I listen when I listen to them. I don't hear them take hardly any calls. They don't have anybody calling up that I could tell. No, well, it's a tight schedule. And defending how that goes, it's a very tight schedule in the morning because they've got all these things they have to do, whether news, weather, right. traffic, all that kind of thing. You know, a lot of stuff. That's why I chose this time slot because I I only have to get out at a certain time at fifty for Bloomberg Money Minute. Other than that, I'm I'm free to you know use the well, time I'm as I see it. it. Bill Doc called them and told all his, let them drink Kool-Aid together and have a little party, a Biden party. Together instead of call, he'll call, he'll call your show while he's drinking the Kool-Aid instead of calling the other show. And, and by the way, Joe, we all remember what drinking the Kool-Aid comes from. It's when all those people <laughs> killed themselves in Guyana. So <laughs> that's about what they're trying to do to themselves. Joe, thank uh, you, my friend. I appreciate it. I'll see you later. All right, man. We'll take a break. We're going to come back with our Veterans Tribute, and then we've got some more calls we want to get to. It's the Bob Cadaro Show. Our veterans today, Robert Novak, Plains Township, 1954 graduate of Plains Memorial High School, passed away at age 87 following a years-long losing battle to dementia this January 17th. 
husband of Margaret Ann Wassel Novak, his high school sweetheart. They were married 66 years. Four years in the Air Force, stationed first at Samson, then at Dover. Faithful Catholic. His whole world was right here, his family says. Here was the house he built with his own two hands, his bountiful garden, a pristine yard, his glider, a table full of family on Sundays. Also survived by his children, grandchildren, and great-grandchildren, Robert Novak. Home was where the heart was for him. Sean Cowman, Kingston. Yeah, he was a cowboy. He was a Navy man. Tops of his aviation mechanics class. His true love of 38 years, Diane. He met her in Dallas while working at Love Field. He also did website design for companies like the Citizen's Voice, which was the first online newspaper in Northeast Pennsylvania, and the Luzerne County Voter Services site. Three sons were his proudest accomplishment. They survive him. He loved jokes. He loved silly, nonsensical jokes, which I love, too. He attended the Peach Fest, and they dubbed him the Papa C because he went there forever thinking he was still 21. His wife, Diane, survives him, as do his sons. Sean Kalman. John Muha, Old Forge. Passed away December 26th. Graduate of the former St. Anne's High School. He was a member of the United States Army's 82nd Airborne, Airborne Division. Then he worked for 25 years at Clark Summit State Hospital as a psychiatric aide. He could do anything with his hands from restoring his own model, Ford Model A, to building his own house. Survived by a son, grandchildren, and great-grandchildren, John Muha. Carl Fries of Scranton, preceded in death by his wife Betty back in 2020. This Scranton Tech graduate was a member of the United States Army Reserves for 26 years. Worked at the Mercy Hospital. Above all else, his Catholic faith. His children survive him. Carl Fries. All right, we're back. And um, we, uh, I'll tell you, we've been running into people that just want to insist that reality is not happening, that truth is not truth, that fact is not fact. And we'd like to mention because I like to reground myself every time I think of that insanity. Road Scholar transports our hourly sponsor. You have unique shipping needs. Road Scholar has unique shipping solutions. Drive-in, temperature-controlled, and high security are just a few. Visit roadscholar.com and find out how this family company can treat you like family, whether you ship with them in northeast Pennsylvania or throughout the northeast United States, or whether you drive for them. Road Scholar Transport, we love them. And we also love Pat from West Wyoming. Hi, Pat. How are you? Oh, I'm in a lather like you. <laughs> um, well, what I want to say, and as long as, element, by the way, Pat, it's but, okay as long as we know we're in a lather. When we don't right. know we're in one, that's, that's then bad. then we're in trouble. Yeah. Right. Um, what I wanted to say, an evil element is taking over America, and we have to vote them out. Pure insanity is prevailing. To me, this is election interference once again. Trump ahead in the polls, 
So they have to tie him up in court so he can't campaign, try to bankrupt him with this half-billion-dollar fine with no victims regarding Marlago. The banks were fine with it, while a bribe-taking, brain-dead Biden walks the earth, destroying America with his open borders. He walks unscathed. This is not fair. Well, I'll tell you what, I don't know that he's going to be unscathed much longer because his brother Jim Biden has to testify. And there's question uh, on this rural hospital company lending James Biden 600000 which he immediately turns around and gives 200000 with brother Joe yeah. as a supposed uh, loan repayment to Joe. Well, where'd Joe get the two hundred? <laughs> I mean, he's what a, a sim- he's family. a public servant. Where'd he get it? I know. <laughs> I, I, the facts are the facts are all there. Bobolinsky came in with a mountain of evidence two weeks ago. The, the, look at the Biden crime family has been discovered, and it, what's interesting, Pat, is as his poll numbers stay as low as they are. Uh, the powers that be will push him off the stage. It just depends if they could come up with an alternative without uh, screwing up their mix of, well, I'm this, I'm that, and they're, you know, they're check boxes. As long as they could somehow step over Kamala without major blowback, well, they're going to do it. But if they can't step past her, they're going to have to go forward with this carcass. Right. Well, there's a big town hall tonight on Fox with Laura Ingram and Trump for one hour. So I can't wait to see that. Well, he's always funny. Yeah. I, 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 but do you agree with me? He's got to shut his mouth. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Don't make these side remarks. He's got <laughs> enough going for him to win without all these little things going on. <laughs> I remember Don Imus telling me. I'm not name dropping because a lot of people, most people don't know who Don Imus is. He's an old radio uh, guy and mm-hmm. had a great show out in New York, which I syndicated on one of my radio stations. So I got to know Imus. And Imus said to me, I, I was asking about Trump, who I didn't like as a private citizen that much. And uh, he said, but he's, the thing you have to know about Donald Trump, he's always being sarcastic. He's always half kidding. And I, after I got that, I started to like him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's yep. just a wise ass. <laughs> Absolutely. But he's got to stop doing that to win. <laughs> right, right. Uh, well, thank you. It's a thank disgrace, Pat. You got it right. Yeah. It's a disgrace. Yeah. Thank you so much, Bob. Thank you, Pat. I appreciate it. We'll take a break. Bob Cadaro, W-I-L-K, coming back with Frank. Uh, coming back with Gerard, and then we got Charlie from Kingston on the blower. We'll talk to him. It's quarter to three in the morning in um, Port Moresby, Papua New Guinea. Sinatra singing his saloon song there, and Gerard Mayer telling us it's quarter to noon here, which means we're winding down. But we got a couple minutes for our friend Charlie from Kingston. Hi, Charlie. Hello. How are you, Charlie? You're on with Bob Cadaro. How are you? I'm great. Two, que- two quick questions, Bob. Did you hear, uh, listen to the Airhead show this morning? <laughs> Who's that? What show is that? You know, the sh- show before you. Oh, <laughs> I didn't get to listen to much, no. Okay. 
uh, I guess we're, what we have a social responsibility to do what uh, was done to Steve Corbutt twice. Uh, that is, her her program is now nothing but a paid political announcement that is not being reported to the campaign finance committee's uh, reporting <laughs> requirements. But I mean, I think that uh, Charlie, that it's its own reward because insanity is just too obvious. And uh, another sort of associated question: What years were you of our you of our? Uh, 1979 to 1983. So, did you live in a uh, in, in a frat house or otherwise? I lived in for one of the years. I lived in a frat house, the Deke. Did, did Deke you frat house. did you folks watch uh, what was known as Doctor Weather, uh, the head of the science and meteorology department at U of R, do his uh, three credit course after the six o'clock news on no. the ABC station? No, I did not. No. Oh, you missed out. Okay. I believe it. What was it about? Uh, Dr. Bill Gutch, huh. uh, the head of the science and meteorology department, used to do a three-credit course uh, after the 6 o'clock news huh. uh, on meteorology. I did not know that. I was probably busy drinking or something. <laughs> well, that's why I asked if you were living in a fraternity. Yeah. I didn't. We didn't watch much news. <laughs> that's, that's why I asked the question. Yeah, I missed that, Charlie. But I, I probably missed a lot of things those four years, you know. <laughs> Last, lastly, Bob, you will know this probably better than anybody at your station. And that is, in the old days, uh, uh, any station that was... Uh, called the part of the Westinghouse network originally, the AM, FM radio stations could have different broadcasts at the same time. Yes. One on AM, one on FM. Whatever but, happened to that? that it, economics. That's uh, physical. Olivia Newton-John, this date, 1982. I was going to X that song, but we needed one. <laughs> I like Olivia Newton-John. She's sweet as pie, but... Not the best. It was such a classic 80s song, though, wasn't it? Uh, this date, 1982. By the way, our friend Rick Bigelow sends me, he says, good, good segment with John on Ecuador. Many years ago, one of my Navy friends was sent to the port city of Guayaquil, Ecuador, as part of a worldwide communications exercise. When he got off the plane in Ecuador, he was met by the American consulate staff in their bulletproof car, taken to a hotel, told never to leave the hotel except to go to one of three restaurants that were considered safe <laughs> or to the American consulate where he worked for a few weeks. He was happy to leave. <laughs> yeah, well, thank you, Rick. So our guy, as usual, John nailed it. Another Navy guy. So we're going to finish today with Alan Jackson, who on this date in 2002 had a number one album with Drive, Murph tells us. And he asks us to play this song about September 11th, 2001. Where were you when the world stopped turning? And we will finish with it, Murph. Thank you. Guys... I really don't care what side of the political stripe you're on. If you lean a little more liberal, whatever. But don't make up your own facts to justify your positions. 
Base your positions on facts, truth, and reality. Don't make it up. And don't ignore facts, truth, and reality to hold your positions. It's like somebody says, for non-reality believers, the New York Post reporting, Amazon driver attacked by a naked, drunken immigrant trying to steal his packages on Sunday. He got arrested for defending himself. Then there's more illegal immigrant violence in the tent shelter. Police being assaulted, but it's really not happening. We're making it up. Yeah, you're right. Somebody says Olivia Newton-John, when real women were real hot, says Scavo. Well, this great song takes us out, and I want to tell you I'm beyond happy to be with all you guys. And beyond honored to mention the veterans who passed away late last year and early this year, like Carl Fries of Scranton, who I knew, John Muha of Old Forge, Sean Kalman of Kingston, and Robert Novak, Plains Township. Our veterans did so many things for so long and so well, the ordinary became extraordinary yeah by the way speaking of that crime situation in Minneapolis where the cops and the first responder got killed we're going to have our friend Betsy call in remember her Betsy Smith from the National Police Association tomorrow to talk about those situations. Once again, we are missing obvious signs because we're worried about political correctness. Criminals are criminals. Does it matter to you the color of the person or the sexual orientation of the person who kills you? Got a lot of people to wake up. But we'll talk to her tomorrow. I'm looking forward to that. We also have a local author on. And he's got a ton of books, but we're going to focus on at least one of them tomorrow. God willing, we'll be here. Guys, thank you. Thanks to Brian Hughes for the news, the Bulldog, and Jake for making it happen. All of you who called in. Lime Dog Face Pony Soldier of the Day. Who does that go to? I forgot. <laughs> I don't remember. Well, we'll be back at it tomorrow, God willing. Grandson Ben's birthday. It's Kathleen Mayer's birthday, too. Let's all celebrate. Great being with you guys. Bob Cadaro signing off. Nikki Stone follows us. Rob O'Donnell after her. But for now, the Club for Common Sense adjourns with Alan Jackson in the background.
We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.